Welcome to the King's Healing Room Podcast, where we are a kingdom ministry within global presence. We are located at 4326 Pharaoh in Syracuse, New York, 13219, where the executive pastor is Elder Yulon Jones and the senior pastor and founder is Bishop Brian K. Hill Sr. All are welcome. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just giving God praise. You may be wondering, that those in virtual land and those present, why I got my jacket on? Because it's burned. It's cold. It is cold. But I thank God for all kinds of weather. That makes me know that I am alive because I can experience the all kinds of weather. I'd like to welcome you this morning, one and all, those in virtual land, those that are present. Welcome to the King's Healing Room Kingdom Academy. I am Elder Karen Howard. We can all give God praise on this morning. We got something to be thankful for. We are here, alive, and amongst the living. So we ought to be giving God praise and honor and glory and be thankful for whom we belong to and who he is. And I just want to give him praise and honor and glory because he is so, so worthy. He does so much and asks so little. And we don't give him enough praise, enough honor, and enough glory. Those that are able to stand, please stand. And those that are not, just bow your heads as we give honor, praise, and reverence to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, as we come humbly before you, we just ask that you forgive us of our sins on this morning. Lord, forgive us for wrongful thinking, for wrongful words spoken. Lord, for our attitudes, for wrongful emotions towards others. Lord, we just ask that you forgive us for here and every day that we have been disobedient, that we have not listened to you, that you have guided us and we have looked the other way. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for the healing of the minds and the bodies. We ask that you comfort those that have lost loved ones. Lord, that you continue to move and have your being in their lives. Lord, we ask that you draw on the backslider that has went astray, O God, for you are married to the backslider. Lord, we thank you, we praise you for our uprising, our downsides, our going outs, and our coming ins. We thank you, Lord, for healings, seen and unseen. We thank you, we praise you, O God, 
for watching over us as we slumber and sleep. We thank you, oh God, for our travels, giving us traveling mercies to and from our destinations. We thank you for leading and guiding our footsteps, for watching over, protecting, and keeping and sustaining us, oh God. We thank you for keeping us safe from the deadly pestilences that are at hand. Oh, gracious Father, we can never praise you and thank you enough for protecting us from unseen and seen dangers, Lord, dangers unaware. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for who we belong to that's continually working our lives. We ask that you bless those that are present those that are on their way, those that are unable to make it, and those that choose not to. Lord, we ask that as your word goes forth, that it touches the minds and the hearts of your people, Lord. We ask that you move in a mighty way and that you set the atmosphere, O oh God, that you move as never before. Lord, we pray for the world as a whole, asking you to keep peace, O oh God. Lord, we ask that you continue to watch over our bishop, strengthen his body, his mind, his, the activity of his limbs, O oh God. Continue to bless and meet his needs, O oh God. We ask that you continue to watch over his family. Ask that you bless our assistant pastor. Continue to strengthen him, where he may be weak and build him up where he's torn down. Watch over his family. Bless the king's healing room, their family, and their children and their children's children. All that may be attached to them. Those that we come in contact with, we ask that you bless them in a mighty way, oh God. Lord, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory. On this day and every day, we can do nothing without you. We thank you for the very breath that we breathe. We thank you for allowing us another day for your mercies and your grace. We thank you, O oh God, for your loving kindness, your gentleness and your meekness towards us. Lord, we love you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And we'll never fail to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. As I step back, Lord, I ask that you use this vessel as you see fit to bring forth your word, not mine, but thy word be done. And we'll give you praise, honor, and glory. And in your precious and holy name, O gracious Father, we pray. Amen, amen, and thank God. Burn, it's a cold day. But it's a blessed one. Because I'm here. Yay. Our lesson on this morning is wrapped in, wrapped up in goodness. Wrapped up in goodness. But if I had a subtitle to this, it would read The Goodness of God, which leads us to repentance. The goodness of God, which leads us to repentance. 
Now, in Romans chapter 2 and verse 4, it says, Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness for, and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that he, that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. God's goodness will lead you to doing the right thing if you open your minds and your hearts to it. He doesn't force anyone. You got to be willing. Psalms 33 and verse 5, it states, He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Look around. You see God's goodness everywhere. Has he not been good to you? Because he has been good to me. But God's goodness is throughout the whole earth. Everywhere you look is God's goodness. He spoke things into existence. And they were. Hey, y'all. New blog today. And a simple thought today. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Hmm. Repentance. <clears throat> That's a missing word from Christianity today. Back in the days, we used to hear about repentance. Repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Repent. Repent. We used to hear that. But we don't hear that no more. We don't hear about repentance anymore. Repent for the kingdom of God is at We were told to repent and turn from our sinful ways. In order for God to accept you, you have to be living a life. But nobody's repenting. Yet, what God commands everyone, everywhere to do now, and we're talking about today, as every day. Repentance is missing today. It's missing. People want Jesus. Oh yeah, they want Jesus. But without repenting of their sins. They want Jesus, but they don't want to repent of their wicked ways. They want to continue saying, oh, I'm a child of God, but continue doing the city, 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 continue doing what isn't acceptable and pleasing in the sight of God. Repentance means change. It means change. Just like conversion is going from one thing to another, they got that twisted too. 
True salvation involves repentance and conversion, meaning change, meaning once you've repented, you turn from your wicked ways, you stop doing the same sin, and your conversion is you're a changed person. You're changed. Repentance is being godly sorrowful over the sin. It's when you turn from sin because if Moses looked upon God, he would have died. He would have never been able to deliver the people, the Israelites, from Egypt because he would have been no more. He would not have been able to carry them through the promised land. So God had to cover them with his hand. But that's not the only reason. The, the other reason is because we are so utterly depraved. In other words, we are corrupt, corrupt, and wicked and alienated from God by our sins. He had to come in the form of flesh. The Old Testament spoke about it. Spoke about the coming of the Lord. Spoke about the one that was going to prepare the way. Spoke about who and how he was going to be conceived. The Old Testament spoke all about the Lord coming. He had to come in the form of flesh. There was nobody worthy on earth to die that death. Nobody. We are sinners by birth. By nature. We sin and we have sinned. Jesus' name means he shall save his people from their sins. Emmanuel means God with us. But hopefully, we are not like this with Jesus. Now in the book of Job, chapter 35 and 3, it says, For thou saidst, What advantage will it be unto thee? And what profit shall I have if I be cleansed from my sin? Oh, I don't want to be cleansed from my sin. I don't want to be in that sinful nature no more. I want to be heaven bound. Because I know that, that the Lord said in his word, no sin shall enter in. He meant exactly what he said. In fact, many, many, many people, the Bible says, became so reprobate, in other words, good for nothing in their thinking, 
Their passion so seared means made insensible that they cannot even blush at their sin. Means there's no shame in your day. They can do the worst thing ever that's sinful and they have no shame about it. They don't even blush about it. And this is what they say. They say sin, and that, that's the sin that they do, they say that they have done no wrong. They have done no wrong. Now that's a scary state to be in. That's a scary situation. How you will be sinning and, and doing everything under the sun and against God and you don't see no wrong in it. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. Think about it. Something's wrong. When we repent of our sins and place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God births a new creature. He births a new creature in us of God. This is called conversion, being born again. That's what that means. We become something new. We become a new creature in Christ. He said, he said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. How can you be born again and converted and yet remain the same person? Wait for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. You can't. There's no way that you could be a new preacher of Christ and still be doing the things that you did of all. No way. No way. The two don't make it. The two don't make it. That's like oil and water. You can shake it, shake it, shake it, shake it. It ain't going to mess. It's going to be separate. Same thing with sin and holiness. It's separate. You can't, you can't do both. You can't have both. You're either going to be sinful or you're going to be whole. True salvation produces unmistakable birthmarks. As true salvation involves a new birth and thus produces unmistakable results in a person's life. If you're living your life for the Lord, those fruits will follow. A bad tree cannot bring forth good fruit, and a good 
good fruit, you're not bringing forth bad fruit. Except by their fruits, you shall know them. By their lifestyles, you shall know them. The inner affects the outer. Suddenly we are different because God is in us now. Once the inner man is changed, the outer man will change also. But it has to start within to work its way out. So once that inner man is cleaned up, the outer man is going to shine. Because now we have God in us. And if you have God in you, you're not going to do the things you used to do. There is no way, no how, you can convince me that you are a child of God and you still sin. Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Things we used to do, we don't do anymore. Smoking, drinking, cussing, fussing, sneaking around, playing around, barnacling. We don't do those things no more. Those things were of the old man. We have the new man. We're the new creature in Christ. He said, old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. So the things we used to do, we don't do that anymore. Everything's different now. Everything's better now. When you're living your life for Christ. This is what true salvation is. It's not to say we don't sin or can't backslide and so on. Things happen, but repent. 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 Don't wallow in it. Don't stand. We have all sinned, either by thought, by word, by action, by deed, whatever. We have. Or maybe even backslid. But you can turn from your wicked ways. You can repent and come back to God. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He is always there. Arms open wide. Love it. A loving child. He never turns his back on his children. Never. Never, ever, 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 ever. But because of the inner reality, having a spirit of God in us, that same spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ in us, we will fall, but be picked up by God. If we fall, he'll pick us right up. God will. His death was not in vain. 
died for you, he died for mankind. Did he have to? Uh-uh. He was in glory. He didn't have to come down. He didn't have to put on flesh and die that death and knew what was going to occur. But he did because of the love, the mercy, the grace, the compassion, the long-suffering, the gentleness, the meekness, the kindness, the goodness. All that and then some. There's a whole bunch. We will grow spiritually and go on to glory and press forward. We endure because Jesus endures in us. He is always faithful even while we are unfaithful to him constantly. Now, if you don't like what I'm saying, I'm saying what my father said. Don't get it. Take it up again. Because you won't get it like I am. Of course, some Christians do not spiritually grow. In other words, they're inactive. So you're not wrong. You're still, you're immovable. In other words, you're stagnant. Ain't doing nothing. Because they are either disobedient, which many are, know what they should be doing and not doing it, or maybe they're just unconverted Christians. But either way, you're stagnant. You're inactive. You're not doing what thus saith the Lord tells you to do. You're not doing your job. Now, you can be a Christian, but not be saved. Not be born again. Salvation produces holiness. As the Holy Spirit is in us, it sanctifies us. It means it separates us. And it sanctifies us unto God. So just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're saved. Let's see, Acts 2.38, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hello. That's God's word. Read it for yourself. Because that's exactly what it says. He washes us, cleans us up, produces holiness and purity in our lives. He transforms our minds and thinking and reasoning. I know that to be true. I am a witness. 
our previous, our previously dark, wicked minds are changed, cleansed, and renewed. God is holy. The Holy Spirit is holy. And so a believer should be holy and separate unto God. God changes our appetite. He changes our appetites. Yep. God changes us into the image of his dear son. After all, the first people were called Christians. Why? I tell you why. Because they had Christ-like qualities. Christ-like qualities. We should have. We should have those same Christ-like qualities. People should be able to look at us and tell that we are a child of the King. They should be able to see that in us. By the lives that we live, how we conduct ourselves, how we walk, how we talk, how we live. Because after all, we have the same spirit that was in Christ. The same spirit. But today, we are talking about a simple thought. The goodness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness. Because for all the condemnation which we are under, we can leave, it can leave us so utterly convicted and shut our mouths before God as we reach a point of complete spiritual bankruptcy. Recognizing our wickedness and our hopelessness before God. We also realize that God is good. And his goodness really breaks us. Because for all of us, we have not got what we deserve so far in life. None of us have. And I'm going to tell you why. God has been good to us. He is full of mercy. He is so long-suffering. Think of all that evil and wickedness going on in the world today. Think about it. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And it ain't pretty. But on a personal level, how utterly sinful 
we are. How long suffering is God to us were? Anyone that has been saved, as in 2 Peter in 3, should be able to account that long suffering of God is salvation. Salvation belongs unto the Lord. And as we go along, we realize just how great and good God is and how helpless and hopeless we are. It truly is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. We say as Mephilosef, or Mephilosef, that's it, Mephilosef, that's his name. He said, what is thy servant that thou shouldst look upon such a dead dog as I am? Now this is what he said. Now as Ruth said, she said, why have I found grace in thine eyes? That thou shouldst take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger. God has been good to me, and I haven't got what I deserve so far in life. God is full of mercy. Because anyone that has got saved has called upon God for mercy. Anyone. Because we, in our sinful state, need the mercy of God, justice demands, and I have a hard time saying this, but I have to say it because this is what the Word of God says. Justice demands hell for us, and rightly so. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. Jesus has compassion on us. He will have mercy. But in order to have mercy, God still had to be just. Because he is perfect. Righteous. Just judge of all the earth. So judgment had to fall on someone. And like I said, there was no one on earth that that could fall on because no one was worthy. We were all born in sin and shaken in it. There is a sin problem, a huge problem, a huge debt. Judgment had to fall on 
There's a song that that says. Sunday school, 
saying you got the wrong person. Like they say, you got the right yo yo with the wrong string. But I am a witness. He transformed my life. And what he does for me, he can do for you, he can do for anyone. But you gotta let him in. Open your heart and let him in. Because it is the power of God. Not man, but it's the power of God that transforms lives. Receiving the gospel shoots power into our lives. The power of God. After all, it is a mirror. We are, we who were dead in, trans, in trespasses and sins are now made spiritually alive. It's called being quickened. The dry and the barren becomes full of life. And out of us flows rivers of living water. Because he lives in us. Let's not forget Jesus is alive. He is very much alive. He was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection of the dead. He did not die and stay dead. He rose from the dead in power and glory and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. If you see the goodness of God to you and be to comprehend how long-suffering he has been with you, that should promote some sort or some level of repentance towards God. Because we sin, do so much wickedness and evil, love the darkness, are so corrupt and filthy and nasty and rotten, and yet God still loves us. All that, and He still loves us. The Bible. The Bible says, all our righteousness are as filthy rags. There's not one that does good. No, not one. The heart is desperately wicked and deceitful above all things. Scripture says so. So what comes out of the mouth comes from the abundance of the heart. Says it is wicked and deceitful above all things. We, we are all sheep that have gone astray. 
into his own way. Yet the shepherd came, that great shepherd of the sheep, the true shepherd, the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep. We are the lost sheep. And the shepherd comes looking for all of us today. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. He is the good shepherd. Drawing us back to himself, to the safety of his fold and his pasture. Jesus died for us. He died for the lost sheep. Who we are. To bring us back into the fold of his pasture. He is the good shepherd. God extends forgiveness for sins. Abundant mercy. He has stayed the sword on your life. You could have died at any point. I could have died at any point and been in hell. But he has given chance after chance after chance after chance. We breathe on the fumes of his gracious goodness to us. He doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't owe us anything. And while we cause him, or while we curse him, I should say, with our lips and lives, he provides for us. He protects us. He sends the rain on the just and on the unjust. The entire Bible is full of the goodness of God. The entire Bible. Look at all the, the characters, all those in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. God showing the glory of his abundant grace and mercy in all their flawed, wrecked, ruined lives, and God coming through on their behalf. He came through on their behalf. And he came through on ours. He don't owe us anything. We owe him our lives. Their lives give glory to God. Because although they stuffed it all up, 
and so do we. God's goodness and glory is on full display. Their lives glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And our lives ought to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. We ought to be living for him and not self or for others. They ain't got nowhere to place us. They ain't got no heaven or hell to put us in. He's the one. They can kill the body, but he's the one that can kill both body and soul. God was good to them, as he's good to us. God was good to many people who rejected him. He was good to men, even as today, and they have rejected him. God has been good to you also, Amen. as well as me. You will not go to hell unloved by God. He will still love you. But he's giving you a chance to turn from your wicked ways and turn your life over to him. He said heaven and earth is going to pass away, but his word will stand. God is very very good. He's abundant in goodness to me and to you. And when you be, or when you bring, or begin to see that and recognize God's majestic and power and compassion and mercy, and yet also the ferocity, in other words, the violence, of eternal wrath and indignation meaning resentment which is rightfully abiding you upon you until you get saved that will result in a changed life you must be born again of the water and of the spirit You can't run around here talking about you a child of God and you living a reckless life. You ain't living according to God's will, word, or way. You ain't got the Holy Ghost. You ain't been water baptized. Because if you don't get saved by believing and receiving Jesus Christ, then you have no one in your place who can pay the debt. No one. After all, you cannot pay the debt. That's why hell is eternal. And you will find yourself there if you ain't living your life for Christ. If you ain't saved and sanctified and filled, you're going to find yourself there. Because either you're going to live for God or you're going to die in the devil. But you can't have both. 
No amount of time is long enough. Eternal death. It's unthinkable. Unthinkable. And right now, God is being good to you. He has been good to you a long time. But the clock is ticking. The Bible says now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. How long is it, or it is good to recognize the wrath of God? It is against sin and unrighteousness. Unbelievers, unrepented believers. But what will lead you to repentance? What will lead you to repentance? Is also seeing the solution, the goodness of God, and the goodness of God to us is wrapped up in the provision of his only begotten, his beloved son, a gift to mankind, free gift of forgiveness and eternal life. You need but to take it out, to take hold of it and to take it out. The spirit and the bride say, come. Come and take of the water of life. Water which will satisfy your thirst forever. And come and take of it freely today. Conclusion. God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. The world has rejected Christ, but Christ has not turned his back on the world. The word of God tells us that the Lord does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked, but his desire is for all to reach repentance. But there is a day coming in which God will punish the world for its sins. Mm -hmm. If you have a little brain left, use the gift of grace to repent and turn away from your iniquity. Stop dressing like a prostitute. Stop gambling. Stop rebuking sin and do what the Lord requires of you. Let us fulfill the will of God. For only those who live according to the will of God, the Father will inherit the kingdom of God. Be blessed in the name of Jesus. God does not take pleasure in the death of the wicked. He does not take pleasure. He doesn't want any to perish, but all have eternal life. Amen. So think about the goodness of God and all that he does for you. Amen. Amen. I thank God for his word. I pray that his word was a blessing to you. Take heed. Turn from your wicked ways. Turn your life over to Christ. 
Time is winding up. The clock is ticking. He's given you many, many, many chances. Amen. How many? How much longer do you think he's going to continue to give you these chances? You could be here today and this second and be gone the next. Turn your life over to him. He loves you. His death was not in vain. He died that death so that all would have the right to have eternal life. Oh, gracious Father, we thank you and praise you for your word on this morning. I thank you and I praise you, oh God, that we take something away from it, that we live according to your word, Lord, that we turn from our wicked ways. Put you first, trust you in all things, Lord. We know that we can do nothing without you, but through you and with you we can do all things. Lord, we thank you, we praise you. Let your face shine upon those. Let their hearts and their minds receive the richness of your word on this day, that they may carry it through their lives and implant it in their lives. In your precious and holy name, O oh God, we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank God. Thank God. If you enjoyed this podcast we have three different ways that you can give one way is using the giveify app by downloading giveify using your ios or android device and search the king's healing room where you will see our senior pastor bishop brian k hill's senior photo you also can use our text to give here how it works there are five steps step one text give to 1-844-981-2759, which is a unique to the King's Hiller Room. Step two, you will receive a text with instructions. Step three, follow the instructions to set up a given account. Step four, text the amount you want to give and the designation. It could be a tithe, offering, or general fund. In step five, you will receive a receipt via email confirming your gift. And here's the last way you can give. You can use PayPal and send your donation to tkhroffice at gmail.com. That is tkhroffice at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to subscribe to listen to more messages like the one you have heard. We are the King's Healing Room and we are a kingdom ministry with a global presence.